The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. music fashion pop culture and entertainment we got a great show for you guys today um we have rita gigante coming on and joey belladonna from anthrax it's going to be a lot of fun but before we get started with any of that stuff let's say hi to my cool outrageous man about town co-host mr ron russell i had to get the pillow for astro because he's scratching at my legs come on turn around astro nice and fit come on up 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 in the this, meantime, this dog knows everything. He's so smart. Dogs are, look how cute he is. <laughs> I love this dog. He has to be with me all the time. No matter where I am, he's got to be with me. When we sit at night and watch TV in our big reclining sofa, he sits between my legs and he just loves me to death. You know, folks, if you're old and alone, adopt a dog. We love ours. They're the best pets. They're the best people in the world. They'll never hurt you. They'll never disappoint you. And they'll never backstab you. That's right. So that's right. So get that's yourself Astro. a pet, and then you won't come home to an empty house. Also, it gives you a responsibility. You know, when you've raised your children, and they're all grown now and on their own, it's empty nest. So isn't it nice to have a something or a person or a dog that depends on you, makes you feel good? So let's say hi to the chat room. What's up, chat room? Um, Hub Reynolds is in there. Julia from Russia is in there. Hey, Hub, what's up? Congratulations on your new home. I think it's in Alabama, but now I forgot. Who's in uh, Hub? He moved? Yeah, he moved. He, he sold his house and bought another house, and I think he's in Alabama, but I'm not sure. Alabama, that's where Jimmy's dad came from. And uh, no, Kentucky. Oh, same thing. Alabama, <laughs> it's still the deep old south. And Cindy Lady Lake is in there. Hey, what's up? She says she loves their dog too. They, they have a super dog. I know. Dog. I love my little Astro. He's my honey bun. He goes with me all over. You know, we're traveling around soon, as soon as the strike is over. And I have to find out if I can bring him on the airplane in a, in a little uh, soft cage, you know, a soft one, not a hard one. This I could put on my lap and bring him with us because I really can't leave him alone anywhere I go. So what's up? Lady Lake is also in the chat room with us. She just joined us. Hello, hello. So you guys, we have a fun show today. Hope everybody had a great... It's hot. Um, could you make it colder? Yes. I hope everybody had a great... Father's Day. Where's my phone? Here's my phone. Hope everybody had a great Father's we, Day. You know, we, we have did. that system where you light up the house from anywhere in the world. And we can also look at our house. If we have the dogs, we could be in China and we could look at our dogs on our cell phones. Yeah, we can watch sure the dogs okay. to make sure they're okay. Yeah, and also turn lights on and off air conditioning and heat. It's a wonderful option. And I'm happy that we have it. Now we have a car in the garage. 
it's about 110 degrees out. The garage is about 140 degrees. <laughs> and Jimmy has not learned yet how to turn the air conditioner on the car automatically from the house. So he makes me go out there and sit in that sauna until the car cools. Actually, that's not true. That's not all true. I do know how to do it. Well, then it's why don't you do it? Because you have to pay for the app and I'm cheap. <laughs> I'll pay for the app. <laughs> Because when I get, when we're going someplace and I sit in that thing, I sweat and everything gets damp and wrinkled and I look like a, a laundry bag. You never look like a laundry bag. Yes, I do. No. I wear a lot of linen and linen, you know, wrinkles easily when you perspire. So kindly, I will pay for that app, El Cheapo. <laughs> He'll buy a friggin' doll to put in his room, another friggin' Cocoa Pop, what are they called? A Funko Pop. Funko Pop for his room. Those yeah, are ten dollars. The app is well, expensive. How much is the app? It's like two hundred fifty bucks. Oh, good. I hope you have the money. For it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it though. I'll get the Mercedes. I think you app. should. Two hundred fifty dollars for that app. Yeah, it's, it's every year you got to pay for, it. and then it tells you everything. Anytime there's anything going on with the car, it tells you. It sends you little messages and stuff. Oh, the car. We have that already built in. Yes, you just got to pay for that. Okay. Pay for it. <laughs> Another bill. I mean, really. Living, you know, I read somewhere that if you want to live decently, not great, you have to earn 150000 a year to live in the United States decently. How many people out there earn 150000 And much. I guess you don't live decently unless you bought your house 50 years ago when it was only 35000 or 40000 for a house. But if you're buying a house today, there's no such thing as seven or eight hundred thousand anymore. You get a shack if you go to LA for eight hundred thousand, doesn't even exist. You're in the ghetto. A million dollars <laughs> is a knockdown, a million bucks in a crappy neighborhood. I mean, I have a very good, I used to have a good friend of mine, Suwang, you know, we'll talk about it, who has a magnificent home, the Cedars, and I love her home. It's 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 a mansion, it's breathtaking. But you go out of her door one block, they're peeing in the street, the Shitty. homeless, the tents, the filth, the disgustingness. I mean, her house, I understand she was going to ask $40 million for. Now, you're going to sell a house for $40 million in a neighborhood on Western Avenue in Hollywood, which is the dumps? Doesn't work. So the same thing with other friends of ours. You know, we have friends of ours in New York who have apartments the size of my closet. And they're asking $2 million, a million five. So I think we've gone completely crazy as far as real estate goes and rents. You want to rent an apartment in New York City, in Manhattan, a two-bedroom apartment, 6000 and up. We have our friend here. I can't give his name, but he's a famous actor. He and his wife live in uh, Studio City. They pay which six, is in L.A. Which is L.A. They pay $6,000 a month rent. And like she said, you go out in the hallway, they're smoking pot, they're disgusting. The people are like lowlifes, and you pay $6,000 a month rent. So I think we need a new thinking. I think we need a president, Democrat or Republican, I don't care who he is, who thinks for the working class people, not socialism, not communism, we don't have to go that far, but we can get rid of the greedy landlords and the greedy realtors because the realtors come in your house and they say, oh, I can get you eight, I can get you nine, I can get you a million. And the people believe it. So it's the realtors that make the market go insane. 
And realtors love it because they're all getting richer and richer, and the people that are buying and renting are getting poorer and poorer. That all goes, though, by what the market. I mean, if people weren't renting them, they, they wouldn't be able to get those prices. But since people are renting them. Well, people are living 50,000 of them in one room. <laughs> I mean, you know, they have to have. You know, years ago, a father worked and he probably made 3000 to $4,000 a year clean. He owned a house, a car, and lived on Long Island. And we all dressed well and went to school. Not us exactly, because I lived in a, in, in, well, I didn't live in such a hot neighborhood or great house, but friends of mine did. That Fran Drescher, she lived in Bayside in Flushing. Now, she, her parents rented an apartment, and I'm sure it was rent control for a couple of hundred bucks a month. So a lot of celebrities that I know came from a time when it was affordable, when daddy went to work and mommy cooked and cleaned. They don't do that anymore because mommy nowadays is too busy getting high. She's getting high on wine, smoking pot. But mommy's working. And well, a lot of them are screwing the guys around the neighborhood because morals have gone to the wayside and drinking is very chic and in and smoking pot, of course, is legal. So we've really gone down the tubes, haven't we? We don't have the structure we used to have where we had a family that ate at the same table every night, dinner. Uh, it was a wonderful time, and I miss it terribly. I'm sad that my daughters don't have it today. They had it with me growing up, but now as adults, they don't have it. Enough of that baloney. How did I get on that? that I have thing? no idea. You know, <laughs> I rant and I go on and on and on. All old people do that, if you notice. I think it's like we have to teach people. I think that's our thing. When we get old, we want to show you and tell you what it was and how it can be again. But no one listens because when I was young, I didn't listen to the people from the 1900s, like the Victorian age people. My grandmother in Italy was a Victorian woman and I lived there for a year and I couldn't wait to get out of there because I couldn't stand her. She was crazy. I mean, just so Victorian and I was 1955 modern, you know, we thought differently. So B. Claudia just joined us from Germany. Hey B. Hey B. How's you? your flood? Hope all is well. And um, they said they like the colors. On me. What colors? On you? Oh, colors. I don't have colors. I'm in brown. Yes, you're in brown, brown today. Yeah. All right, everybody. So listen up. Let me do a quick commercial, and then we're going to bring on our first guest. Yay. Um, uh, so uh, first, we want to thank everybody for tuning in every week. We had a fun show last week. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Um, you can hear our show weekly on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, <clears> iTunes, <throat> Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, TuneIn. Pandora and Amazon Prime. Um, obviously, you can watch us and listen to us on YouTube. And, and our live shows are three to five p.m. Eastern Time, twelve to two p.m. Pacific Time. And um, uh, and we want to. And we have our great engineer Juan, who's here with us. And W4CY is a great home station, and we've been on here for about sixteen years, and uh, we love it. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in every week. Um, and I think now we will do is. Bring on our first guest. See if we. Wait, can. I want to say oh. something. I want to thank all of you out there for making us have how many? A billion? A million? A billion. From giving us a billion, one billion would it be downloads? Thank and you streams. so much. Downloads and streams. Uh, download what? Downloads and streams. 
what the hell is this? A stream is when, you, is when you listen Christian. to it. No, like when you listen to Spotify, oh, you get a stream. Oh, that's a stream. Because right, you don't right. download it, you listen to it. Right. Oh, my day of stream is where you caught a fish. But anyway. <laughs> Go. All right. So, everybody, we're going to bring on our first guest. And uh, uh, see if we can hear her name is Rita who? Gigante. Who? Rita Gigante. Is that who? how I pronounce it? Gigante? That's fine. Some people say it that way. Some people say Gigante. Gigante. Oh, this, okay. one, this one's up my alley. I love her already. <laughs> this one, I hear the accent. This one's a New Yorker and Italian. Yes. Yes. From Brooklyn, Bronx, or Queens? Manhattan. Oh, Bologna, Manhattan. Nobody's from Manhattan. <laughs> really? You were born in Manhattan? Born in Manhattan. Where'd you live? Hell, Hell's Kitchen, Ninth Avenue? No, Greenwich Village, Sullivan Street, Thompson Street, Bleecker oh, okay. Street. I love the accent. I'm so happy because you know what? They bust my balls all the time with, "You have such a New York accent." I say, "I do," and I fly <laughs> back every six months so I don't lose it. Who <laughs> 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 you out here in California with the? Oh, it's real neat. Oh, I saw her. Oh, they all sound like they're having a stroke. Oh, <laughs> my God. People understand us, right? I love you. You're Italian. What kind? So, so you look like a Napolitan. Yes, Napolitan. That's it. You know, I love you more now because I'm part Napolitan. Hold on. <laughs> Who are you? Wait, are you? I love I, I love All right, everybody. Now we're going to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Author, speaker, teacher, psychic, medium, healer, Rita Gigante. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. So and, before and Gigante in Italian means gigantic, huge. Gigantic. Yes. And she and you know what? You look like Susan Plochette, who I knew. So <laughs> really? I, oh yeah, you look like if you had makeup on like she wore, you have the same smile as Susan Plochette. You know who she is? I don't. Oh, kill yourself. Susan, were you kidding? Susan Plachette was one of the best actresses we had. You must be very young. I'm 56. 56? And you don't know who Susan Plachette is? I, I may know. not. I, I may know her in something, but not. I, I can tell you I'm going to kill. She had the most <laughs> beautiful green eyes. She was a beautiful. She was in The Birds with Tiffany Hedren. She was the school oh, teacher that got is. killed. Ah, uh, now I understand. Yep, now I yep, I remember now. Okay, so before we get started, hang on. Before we get started, the first day, and I'm in love with you. First thing before we get started is because I got an email from Julian Flossberg. Yes, Julian said, make sure that you say hello to Rita for me. He says, I love Rita, and I'm producing her play, The Godfather's Daughter, which we'll be talking about in a few minutes because that's the book she wrote. And, I love uh, Julian. He's my new best friend. So Isn't have, he the greatest? Oh, yeah. he is like he's like me. He's he's a listen. He's a new. I am in such a New York mode. You know, Jimmy and I next year moving back to New York. Oh. I, I've lived in California on and off all my life. I just can't get it. I come out here hoping I can get it right, but I don't. Nobody likes me. They all think I'm too tough. I'm too outspoken. I tell the truth. You know, here it's like. Darling, I love you. Let's do lunch. You're fabulous. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. Meanwhile, you're 500 pounds wrinkled and as ugly as sin. But they tell you that. It makes me feel good. That's what I hate about California. Everybody right. loves, I love you to the moon and back. No, don't love me to the moon and back. Like me a little bit. I appreciate that. In New right. York, if I ever said to you, I love you to the moon and the back, you'd call a psychiatrist. <laughs> right? You say, Ron, go for help. You need help. I met you two minutes ago, and I love each of the moon and back. But that's California. It's all full of right. shit. 
Any, uh, my darling. So she, you, so hang well, on. I, I, she is my guest now. No, she's not, not your guest. I, I found love her. her. She's, in, <laughs> she's like me. And we're married, and we like fight all the time. It's normal. Everybody knows it. You were half Jewish, you'd be perfect. Oh boy. I, I'm half Jewish, but you you should be perfect. Okay. Anyway, um, Jesus, you have so many things. Go I, we must meet in New York. You're fascinating. You know, we'll be there in October. So let now. me tell you a little about about her. First of all, oh, yeah. uh, she she comes from a historic family. Historic. Yes, her what? father. Was, her father was Mafia boss Vincent the Chin Gigante, the leader of the Genovese crime family, oh, I know. and he was head of all five New York crime families from 1981 <laughs> to 2005. We have to talk. She wrote a book about it called The Godfather's Daughter, which oh, wow. is an unlikely story of love, healing, and redemption. And something that uh, that is also cool is that she's family because she's actually part of uh, the LGBTQ community. Oh, she's gay too? She's <laughs> I knew I loved you. You have everything. All the dots. If we don't become best friends when I move to New York, I'll put a head on you. I really <laughs> you're terrific. Meanwhile, I can't say what I want to say, but I had a family member who went to jail for two years. Okay. All right. Who is very involved with probably anyway. We might have another couple of mutie. I know the name. Uh, I know the, the name. Wait, what's the now I know your name. Uh, do you know Gianni Russo? No. Okay, because we had him on the show, and have you ever? Do you know? Who, don't give names. No, Johnny Russo. Everybody yeah, knows. Johnny wrote Russo. A book. No. But don't give any of the names that I know. No, I'm not giving that names. And what about um, Jack O'Halloran? Have you ever met Jack O'Halloran, the guy who played Non in Superman? Because his father was Albert Ennis, his his illegitimate. He's the illegitimate son of Albert Anastasia. Really? Yeah, and he's wow. Different. He's a big actor. He back in the day, he was in King Kong and Superman and all these movies and stuff. But he wrote a book also. Uh, everybody's like, you know, kind of like writing books now that they're getting now, a little now older. Now, he was your father, right? You're really, yes. Like, Jack. Yes. He, yes. He so, 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 okay. We know, <laughs> you know who I am. I used to have black, <laughs> I used to have black hair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, I was never connected. I mean, I just grew up with everybody. I mean, so let's talk to her about it. I a grew bit. up with everything. Okay, so you, you, uh, because I want to touch on a little bit. First of all, we've only had, I think, one other person. Yeah, who's I'm from like Brooklyn. A, I'm from Red Hook. Actually, Does that give you a clue? No. Yes, yeah. of course. We've only, I think, we've had two other people who were like Queen of the Paranormal, Kadrosimona Corolla, who we actually no, met we don't on care about that. Let's talk about the mafia. I know, but she's because, a psychic too. I want to talk because about first all of all, First of all, she's Rita is going to agree with me. There's no such thing as the mafia, right? They made that. <laughs> they made that name up. There's no, I have no idea what you're talking about. No idea. All the Southern Italians for bringing that, which is another lie, which I can't deal with. All right, because right. there's no such thing as them. There are Italian business people who conduct business, and of course, if you screw them, they kill you. But that's okay because that's what they that's what they do. <laughs> but they don't so kill. Wait, 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 I got to make a point. They do not kill innocent people, children, or old ladies with baby carriages in the Bronx. <laughs> All right. Very true. If you're a squealer, a rat, a dirty dog, if you're a backstabber, or if you try to screw anybody out of money on a take, you're gone. So and tell us. Wait, I'm not done. I know. I have to warm her up. I'm warming her up because I want her to know that she can say whatever she wants here, that we're not California prudes. <laughs> 
So you wrote a book about your life, and I, I from what I get, because I did a bunch of research, which you guys can find out more about Rita. It's RitaGigante.net is her website, and she's on Instagram under Rita Gigante Psychic. And I read that you, you know, growing up, you didn't exactly know what your father did until you were like, I think it said 16, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, <laughs> yes. so you didn't really know, That's you know, true. what he did. And, 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 uh, and you didn't really get to come that. out, you know, as a lesbian then. Um, so just tell us a little bit about you and, and the whole story a little bit. So growing up in my family, and I'm sure you, you can understand where I'm coming from. If you're a woman in an Italian Catholic family, you know, you were meant to get married, have children, take care of your mother until she passed. And then maybe you could have a life after that, maybe. Um, and I knew at a very young age I was gay. I was, you know, 11 years old. I mean, my family even knew before that, you know, I, I never liked to wear dresses. I never liked to play with dolls. Like it was, they can tell immediately, but in, in my family and growing up in that kind of family, you didn't talk about things like that. You didn't just you really didn't talk about much of anything other than, you know, keep your mouth shut and do what you're told. So, and never um, yeah, exactly. Name it a game. Whatever you name here in this house, you go in the street and tell like they beat the shit out of you. That's it. Exactly. Was so I was, I was born, I don't know if you guys know what an empath is, but yes. I, I was born a very sensitive energy. So well, well, I could, Explain that to people who don't know like me. <laughs> right. So an empath is someone who can feel everybody's energy very, very sensitively. So if someone's having a bad day, I could actually feel it and take on that energy if I'm not careful. But being born that way and, you know, in the house that I was in, there was a lot of mixed signals, mixed emotions, so many things going on. My mother, my mother always depressed and um, anxiety ridden because of, you know, worried about my dad. and then him having another family, you know, that he had, um, I was, I'm sorry. He had a gumada. Yes. And, and, um, I have three half siblings. So this was, um, this was hard for her as I was growing up and I had no idea why she was so, um, upset because again, that was something that was kept from all of us. Um, nobody knew now, as far as him, I knew he was important. I knew like just by watching things, I would, be at my grandmother's ap apartment. Maybe I was nine, 10, 11 years old. And I'm watching him sitting around the dining room table with his friends. And, you know, they're passing notes back and forth to each other. He never, ever spoke on the phone, I think for 40 years. We would <laughs> I love this. I love I'm going to read your book. <laughs> awesome. Um, really he would have the, the TV on, the radio on, and the phone would be off the hook. Right. And these guys would come in, you know, his crew would come in, sit down, and he'd be giving orders just with notes going back and forth and whispers. That was it. And so I would watch this and go, all right, my dad's, he's important, but what does he do? You know, I don't understand. What does he do? Um, and I got told at one point, you know, he was sick, of course, and he had a heart issue. Um, then I got told he worked for a hat company. Um, and then eventually I got told, you know, um, what they told me was he had paranoid schizophrenia, but that aside, my anxiety was through the roof. I was sick a lot as a child because I was feeling everybody's stuff. I was taking on everybody's stuff, all the emotions. And I just didn't understand what was happening. Um, by the time I reached the age, so my first, honestly, my first, um, anxiety attack, I was five years old. 
My first panic attack, I was seven. By the time I hit 10 years old, I had full-blown OCD. But I witnessed something very, very um, scary at five years old. I was underneath my grandmother's dining room table, and nobody knew I was there. And they brought a man into the apartment. Him and his his crew brought this man into the apartment. And there was a big, big, um, like, you know, I, I could hear the voices, not really screaming, but you could hear like the shuffling back and forth. And they were dragging them in. And then all of a sudden, I heard a crack, like somebody get punched. And the guy hit the floor. And he, I saw, he was facing me. I'm underneath the table. And I pulled back. I got like my arms wrapped around my legs. And I'm sweating, dripping sweat, like tears coming down, but realized I can't open up my mouth because I didn't want anybody to know I was there. So my eyes are locked onto this guy's eyes. He's looking at me. He's bleeding profusely. The blood is coming towards me. It's about to like hit my feet almost. And I just see somebody's hand coming down from the table. Boom, boom, cracking him. I can't tell you how many times. Ripping his face apart. And the only reason why I knew it was my father because I saw his pinky ring. And the last thing he did was stomp on the man's face and very quietly, he said to the guy next to him, I'm sorry, he said to the guy, don't ever fucking disrespect me again. And then he told the guys in a whisper, get him out of here. Five years that, was my, that was my first memory that I buried for over 40 years. And that's really surprising because usually they never do anything like that in the family's house. They never. Were, they will take him out to a parking lot or somewhere and beat the shit out of him. But I, that was very shocking. Your father really was out of hand because he was disrespecting his, grand, his mother, his grandmother. Yeah. My mother. mother and my grandmother were not home at the time. They didn't. They, they were upstairs in the other apartment. If they were, they would not have allowed that. Never. Never. Said to him, uh-uh, not I can see eyes. how that could be relatively traumatic. Absolutely. Like five years old, especially Absolutely. since you can't say anything about it, so you forgot about it. But wait no, I just buried it. I just buried it. In, in defense, because I have to always defend my friends, um, this is a business thing. I was in the home of a very, very big, one of the biggest important people in Brooklyn, and he was dancing ballet with his granddaughter. Okay. He was the, the kindest, sweetest man. He said to me, Ron, if ever you're in trouble and anybody hurts you because you're gay, you come and tell me. They won't do it again. So there are kind, decent people. Business, well, whatever she says now and wrote in the book applies to business. I don't think her father would ever do that to her. Did he ever beat the shit out of you? Never. Never. Would never touch me. Actually, um, yeah. you will see in the book, my book is more about the love, the healing, and the redemption. Yeah, because, because you know, once, you know I describe him, I describe the stories of what I experienced, but I also describe him as a, as a gentle soul in many ways. He many. took care of that neighborhood. He had a code of ethics. Um, he was a fair man. He could have ran any corporation he wanted. He just ran one that the government didn't want him to run. Right. So, you know, that's the bottom line. Because he was in competition with the government. I mean, listen, they call Hillary Clinton Killery because they say she's killed over 30 people in her existence in Washington. 38, I think. 38. I mean, I always said, listen, what my Brooklyn friends do is illegal because the people that are doing it made it illegal. 
But if you go to Washington and you meet some of these liars that are in office today, I mean, look at the Kennedys, how they got there. The father was, was connected. The father had money. The father got John Kennedy elected. And then John Kennedy went and knocked off Marilyn Monroe. So listen, there's no such thing as those people do it, nobody else. It's done all over the world. That's right. That's so, right. In defense of my wonderful friends who I love and adore still, and I look forward to seeing when I go to New York because I love them so much. They're the best people. The Actually, kindest people. We I've need ever to known. introduce you. Wait, to wait, wait. And one thing I got to say, because you're going to agree with me. If they say, this is my, um, I forgot how it goes. There's three ways of saying it. My, my very good friend, my very dear friend, my very dear friend, my dear, very dear friend. If they say that about you, that means they can trust you. Right. And you can trust them. There's no backstabbing like the bitches did here to me in L.A., that <laughs> other fucking hoe that owns a mansion. I mean, you know, I mean, all these people have really come down on me terribly. Oh, and I, I'm so sorry. I, well, I'm sorry, too. Why? Because I opened my big mouth. I'm honest. I couldn't take their bullshit, and I put right. them in their place. Right. Whereas my friends in New York, they tell you right off. Don't do this. Don't do that. We don't like this. We don't like, you know where you stand. Right. So Understood. we need to introduce you to Gianni Russo. So he was in The Godfather and he dated Marilyn Monroe and and he was, uh, he did a whole bunch of stuff for the, um, he in was, real life, he, he did a bunch of stuff. He wrote a book, but he did a bunch of stuff he was, for, the, he was for a made, the mob. So he said he was a made man. I don't know if he was really made. I, I, wonder, I wonder about that. But he said he was made. Um Anyway, he's very interesting. He lives in New York City someplace. And where, where, Are you in Long Island or where are you? I'm in Rockland County. I'm about half hour out from New York City. Okay, because I also have another friend who, who uh, when I, he saw you were coming on the show, he said you did his show back in the day, Johnny P. Yeah, Johnny. He's a good friend of mine, and uh, uh, we've been following each other on social media for years. And he's been on our show a bunch of times just because it's fun and we cross-promote. Uh, yeah, every yeah. You've had a very now, interesting let's, let's, let's get, Wait, let's tell people where they get the book. Oh, they can get it on my website, uh, ritagiganti.net. They could also get it on, if they want, you know, a signed copy of it. And also they can get it on Amazon if they wanted to. I like, love it. So, so you guys, okay. the name of the now, book is The Godfather's Daughter, An Unlikely Story of Love, Healing, and Redemption. And, and so basically it looks like, so you said that that happened when you were five and you repressed it for 40 years, which is 45 and you're 56, I think you said. Yeah, let's move on. So, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Let me talk, no. please. That's 12 you're years. You're going in the wrong direction. No, I'm not going. We're going plenty in the, of time. We're we're going to get time. in trouble. I'm not going to get in trouble. No, I'm not going to get in trouble. No, I want to know. So basically, like, so like all this stuff came back to you in your 40s. So when I started to write my book is – I was almost, I want to say three quarters of the way through it. And I then ended up um, experiencing a, that flashback okay. um, as I was writing. So that's how that came up for me. Yeah. And how did you decide to write a book in the first place? I got told by my guides, which, you know, I'm, you know, I'm psychic. So about 15 years earlier, they said, begin to write because you're going to, you're going to create a book that's going to help a lot of people. Oh, that's awesome. And, I, and so I just, started writing. I just, and I, they said, don't start anywhere in particular, take a, a circumstance in the life and just write about it and continue to do it until we tell you it's time. 
And I waited probably seven years after my dad died. Um, uh, in 2012, it came out, the, the original book. And then I, I resurfaced it just this year. Oh, okay. So yeah. now did you make, could you, oh, if it came out in 2012, so then you added stuff to it when you resurfaced it, you added a little No, bit. I resurfaced it because then it was time for me to do my work further. Okay. So I, it, it came out then I, you know, I was able to do a lot of stuff that spirit asked me to do to help a lot of people. And now it was just time to resurface again and continue. Now, now may I ask you, yes. you know, we're married. Oh, congratulations. Know, well, that's why we fight, because we're married. We're married 10 years, it'll be 11 years soon. God you know, bless. Anyway, um, let's get to the point I want to get to. Uh, my father suspected I was gay, and I was about 16, and he said to me, if you're a fag, I'd rather see you dead in a grave. I got that. I got that. I'm gay, because my father was a C-man, if you know what the C stands for. He was banging everybody he could because he was a good-looking Italian, and that's what they do. And my right. wife, my mother had to put up with that shit also. But he said, did you ever catch me? She said, no. He said, well, then cut it out. But I would be in the car with him driving, and there was a woman crossing the street with big boobs. You had to hear, we went through 20 minutes of what he would do to her, hoping that he could educate me to be straight. All he did right. was make me gayer. Because what he was saying, he would do it a woman and not what I would do. So what did your father do when he found out that you were gay? So when I, when I came out to him and my mom, I was 19. And it was because I was sick a lot, like physically ill, because I couldn't live and speak my truth. And I was carrying all these other secrets as well. And it was just wreaking havoc on my body. And I wanted to, at that point, I was like, I just have to live my life. And surprisingly, um, I, I was in shock when he did react because I just thought he was going to get up and slap, like just slap the shit out of me. Instead, he got very silent and took a deep breath. And my mother, I could see my mother like almost pray to the blessed mother in that minute, you know, in that second that it was happening. And all he said to me was, you're just going through a phase, he says. Right. That's it. You're just going through a phase. A lot of kids your age go through this. They experiment. And he says, and, and you know, in no time it, you'll be over it and, you know, you'll get married and have children. And, and I was like, oh, God, this is not happening. And so right. it, that scared me more. I wish he would have got up, up and slapped me because that scared me more, his reaction. And I, I just said, you know what? You're probably right. I said, no, <laughs> Accept it, and that makes it longer. You got to go through it longer. Uh, you know, my father said to me, um, I, I, I forgot what he said exactly, but I, my answer in my mind was, "Yeah, I'm going to be straight. That's why I do Jane Russell and drag in the new in nightclubs. Right. That's, how, that's how straight I'm going to be to myself." But I did get married, and I do have two wonderful children. And I was married 16 years. Of course, it wasn't who I was. It was a lie. But, you know, there was another fellow that was part of the group that I hung out with in Brooklyn. And he was married. He was Italian. And he would hit on me all the time. <laughs> so even the wise guy, a lot of them are gay. You know, but they don't come out and say it because. They no, won't be, of course not. They won't be wise guys anymore. Right. But my right. father, when he was dying of cancer at the end, said to me, 
as long as you're a decent gay, and I was with the same person for, for a long time, Sal D. George, my then lover, and my father loved him. And my 46 father, years. Yeah, my father said, years. as long as you're decent and you're with Sal, it's okay. I just don't want you to be a filthy fag running in the back, the toilets looking to blow everybody. And I thought right. to myself, my God, what kind of an idea does he think of gay people? <laughs> you know, he really had a stereotypical, you know. I remember one time I was with the boys in Brooklyn and we with their wives and we went to Plato's to see it. And of course the women were all shocked because they're not allowed to go to Plato's. Plato's, by the way, was an all nude club in New York City. The Swingers Club. The Swingers Club. Right. And all the boys had to pee. Mm. Well, one head guy went into the men's room, ordered everybody out, and stood guard outside as they all went into pee because they were afraid that there might be a homosexual in there that will say something to them. And I wow. thought to myself, they should be so lucky because it <laughs> probably be the only blowjob they get because Italian wives don't do that. Right, right. <laughs> so that was my react. But of course, I never told them. But I just found it hysterically funny that they had to have an armed guard outside to protect all those tough guys that had 6,000 guns on them, you know? Right, right. <laughs> a little skinny faggot that might say, oh, you got a nice piece of meat, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Wait, so did you amazing. Have- did you ever, uh, did you ever bring a, like a girlfriend home, or you didn't have, you didn't get to do those kinds of? Oh, things? if I was a lesbian, I'd be in love with her right now. She uh, had to be my lover. Oh, if I was gay, a gay woman, I was pretty when I was young. You would have liked me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, did you ever get you're to? Like, my, you're my type. Did your family ever get to? Like, did your family ever meet anyone that you were like uh, there, romantically involved? There was with? yes. There was only well, my mom did. At, at okay. 24, I came out again to my mom and I said to her, you do what you want with it. I said, but this is it. I can't do this anymore. But they knew about the first girl in high school that I was with. And um, I would, you know, she was my my best friend as well. So, and my mother loved her dearly. Um, but nobody ever spoke about it. You know, everybody just kind of knew, but didn't speak about it. But yeah, she actually met my father too. Um, I would take her sometimes to Sunday dinner. And, uh, you know, we, he got told that we were just friends and, and, and everybody, you know, pretty much if they were asked by him who I'm dating or whatever, they would just say, you know, she's dating a couple of guys, you know, everybody would be lying to him because he wouldn't be able to handle it, you know? And I, at that point I didn't care. I needed to live. Right. Um, Brothers and sisters or the only kids? No, I have uh, two brothers. With your mother, I'm talking. With my mother, two brothers and two sisters. Oh, oh wow. So, so he could have had a gay kid. It wasn't like he wasn't ever going to have grandchildren. Oh, he's, he had 15 grandchildren, and, and he's got great-grandchildren. So well, he could have plenty like, of grandchildren. And yeah. how, is the, how has the rest of the family like? You are so cute. You're like a little boy. You're adorable. <laughs> how old are you? 56. I'm 56. You don't look 56. You look like a young kid, like a college oh, that's, I love that. Thank you. But it's true. You don't look like a 56-year-old. I don't listen. I blow smoke up no one's ass. Yeah, he doesn't lie. I, I know you. I oh, can I, tell that right from the beginning, I Ron. Like it, you? If you don't like it, go screw yourself. So how, how, is, how is your relationship with your other siblings since the book came out? I mean, obviously, they know that you're a lesbian uh, with the book coming oh, out. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody knew that. But when the book came out, um, I don't speak to one of my brothers. Um, and the other brother, why, I, I'm why starting to. Why, why don't you speak to him? Um, he just thought it was a betrayal, you know, of the family. 
writing the he book. He thought my book was a betrayal. Let's yeah. go back to the book. But, but nobody read the book, so nobody really understood. And then when my you sister read it, one of my sisters read it, um, she was like, oh, shit. She goes, they need to read it. They need to see that it's not no, what they think it is. It's really about you. It's really about it you. Is. It's, you. Back, it's all about me. It's all how I got to be who I am today through that, which was the blessing of my life. Yes. You know, that's what people need to understand. It I really can, was. I can understand your brother's viewpoint because you're trained from a child never to divulge any of the family names, secrets, or what they do. And this boy was raised with that sanction. And Absolutely. now he's reading in a book now, his sister uh, saying things. But she said that, he didn't read it. Well, I'm sure he did. <laughs> he's assuming, but that's okay. It's, you know. I, I think he's stupid. If he's assuming he should have really read the book, you know, because I don't assume. But I haven't read the book. I read. So I can't critique. I it. read reviews about the book and what the book is about, and the book isn't really about. The, the book isn't really about like who your father killed and what he did. The book is about how yeah. you're part of this. How you're part. Anyway. How you're part of this family. Uh, right. He never. But it's how you're part of the. How you were part of this family and how it has basically sculpted your whole life and the, what you did to heal and come out of it and become yourself. Exactly. I have yes. another little story. What's more wholesome than going to a church bazaar and playing the roulette wheel? What's more wholesome than that? Okay. My right. brother friends control that wheel and they control the entire bazaar in the church. Right. I mean, you couldn't get more Christian than that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's funny. I like, like funny. so 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 I went on your website, you guys. It's readergiganti.net, you guys, and you do a bunch of different kinds of things, and you have I a one-woman show. So tell us a little bit about your one-woman show because I saw that you did it uh, some something with some different people from the Sopranos. I'm not sure what that was because I, I oh I, well that that's um I, I did a mediumship slash psychic night with um Joe Ganiscoli um from the Sopranos, and we did uh three events where we would, you know, he would be cooking in the restaurant for the people and I would be doing my thing, giving people messages. Um, so it was nice. It was very nice. Um, I did do my actual one woman show in, in New York, um, several years ago. Um, I wrote it myself. Spirit said to me, this is a good experience for you. Write it, put it on stage, see what happens. I did it. I did it twice. I loved it. Um, but at that point I didn't have someone to help me actually get it out there. Um, and then, you know, life happens. So now I'm beginning to work in with other people in other areas. Um, I'm getting more interviews and, um, and thank God I'm starting to get, you know, myself out there much more now. Well, I think you could, I, I did stand up for 46 years, by the way. I, I didn't work gay clubs. I worked all the straight clubs all Got over it. the country. Okay. And, um, I could usually tell who's good at stand-up. And I think you're a good talker, and I like your personality, and I like the way you handle your facial expressions. I think you should pursue that. And I think you should go forward, and I think you should listen to your guides and go. Do it again. Don't give up on stand-up, because you could be very, very funny without trying. Yeah, without my, my, my friends tell me I am the female version of Maniscalco. And it's very nice. I love that. Um, I love to make people laugh. I love to bring levity. 
even to the darkest, you know, places, because I think it's, I think people need that. I think people need that kind of stuff, you know? We need laughter today more than ever before. Absolutely. It's the healing remedy. Place and it's bullshit they're pulling uh, these crazy people in government. They also but, should make it in the chat room. They're saying they should make it into your life into a into a movie too. I know you're doing a play. Okay, I want to go there now because I love Julian. You know, yes. Julian, he's a sweetie pie. I wrote a movie, and I said to Julian, I don't know if it stinks or not. Could you read it? And I thought he would say, I don't have time, but he said, Sure, Ron, I'll read it. And he read it. Not only did he read it, but he told me the changes to make. And I loved every change that he did. And I've made all the changes that Julian told me to make because I respect him so much. He's like probably right. one of the most important people in on the East Coast of Broadway. Yes. And he's made my movie a better movie. So I think you're in great hands with him producing your, pl your play. And I cannot wait to see it. I cannot wait to see it. Uh, well, I guess it'll premiere. In the Are you going to play yourself? Are you going to be in it? Or uh, you just eventually, that's what he would like. Uh, he would like for me to play myself. He thinks I that think it's so. I think the so. most. Right now, I just um, I'm finishing up putting my book on tape. I used my own voice to to tell my story um, because I just felt like it needed to be authentic and not have just anybody read it. So I just finished that up, um, and we're we're moving in all different directions with it. I'm excited. Uh, I love the whole audiobook thing, and I, I think it's, so. I work for an audiobook company part time uh, on the side, and I think it's super important. Like if if it's your story that you tell it, uh, you know, especially since you are like a figure, people know who you are. If you were like, you know, if you if nobody knew who you were, it might not be as good. But but the fact that people know who you are, I think that's a super smart thing to do, and it'll sell much better because you've read it yourself. And yeah. invite, invite us to opening night. Of course. You know, well, like, like I said, you know, I, we, Jimmy and I never buy tickets because here's why. I'll tell you, you know, Mr. Blackwell was. Yes. Mr. Blackwell was my lover, my, not my lover, sexually. My lover as a friend. I love Richard. Richard and I, he was a Jew from Brooklyn, Italian Jew from Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And when he wasn't on the, on the, in the scene in my house private, he, came with a, he didn't shave. He had sneakers and he cursed like crazy. He was as common as I am. I loved him. Anyway, he said to me, Ron, if you pay for a ticket, your audience, you're no longer who you are. Your media, get invited, and then you critique it. That's the payback. And that's what I keep telling Jimmy. We cannot go anywhere where we buy a ticket because we become audience and we lose our status as media. So it's not gotcha. because we're cheap. It's because right. it doesn't make us look good. Because everybody will be inviting us to their things just so they make money. And then, well, what, I'm going to give you money for a ticket and then critique you? That critiquing costs thousands of dollars, you know. If you're in Jimmy's uh, PR thing and he's promoting you, you know, you pay for that publicity. Right. And you get it by just by giving us a ticket. What? <laughs> and you get it for free when you ticket. No, yes, I, I, ticket. Mean, I have a business partner. She actually lives in Long Island. And so we, we come back and forth a lot, but... Uh, but now, I, think now, I like to fix people up. Are you single? No, I'm married. I, my wife and I are married. We have a, I have a stepson. He Good. just had a baby. We have a granddaughter now. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Good. We are oh, loving, beautiful. loving life. Yeah. I like love. Uh, and, and is she nice, your wife? Oh, she's, she's my, she's my everything. Honestly. Now, you, you don't emulate the guys. You're not tough with her. Knock her around, do you? 
No, God. <laughs> I know a lot of dykes. I beat the shit out Don't of call, That dykes is not appropriate. Oh, you're not allowed to say dykes? No. no. <laughs> I can kill us. I, I don't. I say faggots. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are we? I don't. You know, it's funny. People people ask me if I get offended by stuff, and I'm like, absolutely not. Like, oh, really, oh, faggot! I say yes. He's also he's 83. Yeah. Um. So he's a little bit older, and because he's I a little older, he's from a different when, time. Listen, I came from a time when we all had those. We said the best fun with each other. I mean, I I did jokes in my show. I said, you out there, that lady with the short hair, the 18-wheeler dyke. You know, that was a joke I did, and people laughed. But today, oh, my God, it's offensive. It's not offensive. If we can't laugh at who we are, what the fuck? Yeah, well, that's, I, and, I hear you. First of all, you're not a dyke, because if you were a dyke, you'd look like a dyke. In my, <laughs> in my day, the dykes, the, the, the real dykes, they were killer dykes. They could beat the shit out of a guy in a minute. I mean, these dykes, they used to go to Pandora's in the village. You ever go to Pandora's, the gay bar? No. In Greenwich Village? It was called Pandora's. And I went there one night. I was working at the upstairs, downstairs, performing as Jane Russell, and I went into the dyke bar. Well, these diesel broads lifted me up and put me on the bar, and they were loving all of it that I was doing, and I was carrying on like a crazy old whore. And all these girls loved me. Uh, I, I love gay people. So wait, happy, I'm, happy I'm gay. Have you ever heard of Matt Rife? Matt Rife. I don't think so. Matt no. Rife. Okay, so he's an actor, but mostly he's a comedian who's becoming one of the, the biggest comedians like in the world now because he's because he has no filter and he just talks about everything and no everybody else. I hate that expression, that. no filter. They say that about me. Ron Russell has no filter. No, wrong. Ron Russell tells the truth. He's honest. There's no such thing as a filter. I don't filter anything I think or say. <laughs> I say what I feel is my idea of the truth. Anyway, he talks about everything. He'll talk about everything. So he's and, very funny. And you I might say want to, to those that don't like it, if I find awesome. I so I go back a little bit. Okay, so author, we know author, speaker. So when you're speaking, you're speaking about the book, or you just, or is it more like the psychic stuff, or like, like what? Would so you I, I speak about the whole thing. Yeah, they get, they get. Um, you know, a good idea of who I am, where I came from, who I be, how I became who I am today. Um, the fact that everything I've been through was a blessing um, to get me to this point. Um, and I teach people, you know, how to actually hone in on their own skills and be able to speak their own truth because that's big, it, you know, today. It's big to be able to help people to do that. You know, not everybody can, but yeah. they feel like they can't. No one tells the truth nowadays. It's yeah. sad how everybody's, you know, I write things on Facebook that are controversial. They're things that we should discuss. Nothing, nothing. We had a guest on four weeks ago, terrific actor, and he was killed in an automobile accident. Well, oh. I got 250 carings. For that, people on Facebook know what to do. They send likes, but they don't like if you're saying anything that they don't understand. Right. I think that, I, that's where I want to go with you now. I want to go with what makes you think that you have guide and that you're just not nuts. What makes uh, you the difference? Um, I've had my own, um, you know, seeings. Like I want to say, I've been visited by Jesus, Mary. Um, I've experienced um, healings, hands-on healings, where I could feel um, I want, you know, the Holy Spirit come through me. Um, so those those are some of the uh, things that I've experienced you know, physically here. But when I do my work, 
I can, I, I can tell the difference because I can, I can feel it. I can know it. Like I, they call that claircognizant where you just know something. I can see it and hear it. So I'm using all my senses and then I'm using my third, my third, you know, my sixth sense or my third eye. No, I'm familiar with all of this. You know now you're going to get a million five hundred contacts of people who are ill who need you to help them. You're going to get a swamping of people. So what's the difference between a psychic and a medium and a healer? Like just to, for people who don't know, because I don't exactly know, I know if I know. I know. I know you, but I didn't ask you. I asked her. I <laughs> so, so a psychic is someone who can talk about the person's life. Like if they have questions, concerns about their life, I can help them through, you know, their guides and my guides connecting. I'll hear the information and give it to them. A medium is someone who can speak to their loved ones on the other side, including their animals. And honestly, being a medium, I know that I can't force another spirit to come through. They have to come through of their own volition because of free will. So that's the difference between those two. A healer is I am a conduit for spirit. So I, if I put my hands on somebody and they give me permission to put my hands on them and I ask them, I, I, do you want to heal? And they say, yes, I call in my guides, their guides. If it's Mary, Jesus, whoever wants Buddha, whoever wants to come in, comes in through me and I'm just a conduit for it to happen. So I'm not, I, I never say I'm healing somebody. I say the person is healing themselves because they're opening themselves up to it and it's just coming through me. So it's not, I have a daughter that's a healer. Oh, how nice. I, I, my young daughter Deirdre, uh, she studied. She's a Reiki. Uh, She's Reiki all the way up Reiki all the way up the line, and um, I can you know she's held me in places, and I felt tremendous heat and energy coming yes. out of her. Yes. Wait. So did you ever? You know, there used to be a TV show called Medium with Patricia Arquette. Where like, it's I not. Loved it. But it's not like that, though, right? Where like she could see and tell you who killed somebody, and like oh, some people do do that kind of work. Okay. I don't, but some people do. Others do uh, missing persons. Yes. You know, they'll be able to tell you missing persons. Um, so yeah, I, I just that's not what I do. You my do, my, it seems like spirit has me working with people with unresolved issues with family members. Um, maybe maybe you know they were ostracized for whatever reason and they're in need of forgiving them so that they can move forward with their own lives. Right, and it right. seems that, you know, they put me with people like that because of what I've experienced. And right. That's that to me, you know, you can't ask for better than that. Right. Well, I was raised by uh, a grandmother who was a witch in her, she was she used to do spells and <laughs> it's crazy to say this. I've never exposed it's about me. But she would put a broom behind the front door at night. Because okay. if the wicked witch came to the house to do bad to us, she couldn't resist counting all the straws in the broom. And of course, she'd miss a straw and have to recount so the daylight would come and the witch would go away. So I was raised with a lot of that stuff. I have what is called hunch. I can meet you. Yeah. And, and I have a hunch automatically. I don't know where it comes from, but I know the truth. And I expose people. That's why everybody has trouble with me, because I know what they're doing, who they are, where they're coming from. It's amazing how and I. He's always right. Like everybody's like, ask Eileen Shapiro. Yeah, my, ask my business partner says that all the time. He'll tell her something, and she'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then six months later, she's like, "You know, fucking Ron was right." 
And I'll tell her, I said, all the men love you. Maybe it's because of your 99Z tits. <laughs> Have you ever seen Eileen Shapiro? No, she doesn't know Eileen. Oh. I didn't meet her through Eileen. Oh, if you ever met Eileen Shapiro, if you go to hug her, you can't. No. You have to put your arms out like this to grab her shoulders. Her boobs are so big. Actually, the way the way that we met you, um, and now I forgot I'm her so name. I'm so happy I met you. There, are uh, we really going to meet you we, in New York? Yes, or you I shoot? would love to. You guys let me know when you're coming. We will let you Wait, know. You, not, you cook? You're not a make lasagna? Uh, I'm not the greatest cook. An Italian girl, you don't cook. But I'll take you to places that'll knock your socks off. <laughs> Yeah, up in Rock, Rock, no, Brooklyn, you have to go. Always next to the funeral parlor, Italian restaurant is the best one, right? I'm sure it is. It I'm is. sure it is. We go a lot of funerals, and then after the funeral, we go eat an Italian restaurant. And they right. were always the best food, Italian Actually, food. somebody contacted me about doing a movie, and she's somehow was related, knows somebody who related to Ron. Anyway, she hooked me up with these people My to, cousin work on, to work on a movie. And then a week later, she said... This is a the perfect person to. I have to figure out what her name is. The perfect guest for your show. I think you will love this lady. Um, you know, you oh, definitely need it? to reach out. And this is the lady she introduced. She sent me to Pasquale. My, Pasquale. my cousin Pasquale. Pasquale. Yes. Pasquale. Yeah. So Pasquale contacted me because she referred you to come We're on. We're talking the show. about Farah. Farah. My cousin. Do you know Farah? Yes. Yes. Farah. I know Farah. Okay. So it was you Farah. Know how many years so. I know Farah. Meanwhile, I forgot Farah. It was terrible. She's oh. been on my Facebook page for 20 years. What, what kind of Farah? I never knew her as Farah. Right. All right, Bella, they used to call her. So I knew Bella. My cousin Bertha, it was her husband that went to jail for two years. Uh. So it's all, you know, whatever connected. But I adored my brother. My cousin Bertha was Jane Russell's double. You know who Jane Russell was? Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, she was also my best friend for many years. But uh, my cousin Bertha was Jane Russell double. So I know that Jane Russell and I were going to be friends because of the connection. Uh, there was a, it was a, a young, I knew when I was young, I swear this is a true story. I was, I was with my friend Mike Greco. We were watching Gentlemen Prefer Blondes in the movies. No, my friend Tommy Scuderi. Uh, Scuderi family, big name. Anyway. <laughs> He uh, loved Marilyn Monroe, and I loved Jane Russell. Right. Walking home from the movie, we used to fight. He'd say, Marilyn's better than Jane. And we would go back and forth, all right? Right. All my life, I had a thing for Jane Russell. My cousin Bertha had cutouts, you know, paper dolls. That was of that movie. And we used to, I used to always be Jane Russell, and she'd fight with me, where she wanted to be Jane Russell. So this Jane Russell was always working. I go to a in Brooklyn to the Cotillion Terrace and drag with my friends. And the cameramen come over to me, they put me on a chair. They said, you're Jane Russell. And that's how I became Jane Russell and worked at it. Wow. So there was a connection. Now I meet Jane Russell and we become friends immediately. She invites me to her home. And we had a 10 year friendship until she passed away. Uh, how, does that happen? how does that happen? Because it was preordained, it was supposed to happen. Right, exactly. You, you believe that, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm on the show today. Right, everything is preordained. So, oh, I'm going to push your book like crazy. So wait, wait after, I, after I read it, because uh, I won't be upset about it, because I know you're not going to talk about anything that went down or people's names. Right. Because 
We don't do that. I mean, I know. You know, somebody approached me. They got a hint that I knew, suppose, mafia, that stupid word that doesn't exist. They said to me, you know these people, would you like to write about it? And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> they said, they just talked about your Brooklyn friends. I said, yeah, my Brooklyn friends. One was a plumber, one was a garbage man, and the other one was an electrician. You want to know about them? They're boring. What are you going to talk about? They, <laughs> By the way. Okay, Ron, so skirt around the issue. I said, you know what? Go fuck yourself. I have no so time for it. We have a lady in the chat room. Shit. Her name is B. Claudia, and she's in Germany, and she's writing all kinds of stuff about how she lo loves you, and she looked up the book in Germany, and she also put in Gianna Russo's book in there so we would know what it was, and she says, you have great eyes, very warm and likable, and you're she's a great So just say hi to B. Claudia, because she loves that when we do that. If she, hi. If she hi, was a Claudia. If she had a wine, you'd be in trouble, Jimmy. She said I she, might want to go to bed with her. She's so handsome. She wants the book. She said she can't <laughs> wait for your audio book to come out, so you'll have to let us know. So if people I want mean, to uh, – first of all, you guys, you can get the book at RitaGiganti.net. You can also go on Amazon and get it. The name of the book is The Godfather's Daughter. Um, uh, if, they, if people are interested in your services, they just go to your website, right? Absolutely. Everything is on the website. So are, it's RitaGiganti.net. Are, are you related to a woman – who would be my age today? Her name is Fr Francesca Tyne, Fran Tyne. Because you no. look like Fran Tyne. No, I'm not familiar with her name. Yeah, she was a very good friend of mine. She was gorgeous. She looked like Ava Gardner. Oh. So, do you have any events coming up that you want to tell anybody? Is there anything coming up that you want to promote, or is mostly we're promoting? And we want you back. You have to come back. Oh, yeah. I would love to come back. I would love it. Um, I am doing a speaking book. I'm sorry, then, love. After I read the book, come back. This way we're able to talk about the book. I can't talk about your book because I don't know what the fuck it's about. So, <laughs> so if you if you guys would, send me your address and I will send you a signed copy. Perfect. We but write a nice sentiment. In because of course, of course. I mean, um, I, have, I, have movie, I have Tab Hunter, Mr. Blackwell, Jane Russell, Kate Ballard. <laughs> he loves all the everybody books. Everybody gave me a book. And he reads them all, though. He reads everybody. Julian's book, he, he literally oh, sat love, and read it like, you read without even getting book? up. Did you read Julian's book? I have not yet, oh, no. No, no please. Well, you're too young yet. Julian brought me back to my youth. Because Julian and I, same age. He's Bronx, right. Brooklyn. But he wrote about things that I just said, oh, my God, I didn't know other people in the Bronx did this. I thought it was only a Brooklyn thing. Right. Uh, and I, I fell in friendship with him over his book. And I'm sure everybody that reads it, well, you have to read his book. Everyone out, read his book. Everyone out what there, is read book. Julian's book is called A Producer's Something. Oh, my God. Julian, you're going to kill me if you're watching. He'll watch I it love after. him. I he's so love him. him. Oh, he's, um, how could you not love him? He's, he's just such a good human being. As we say in Italian, he's a mensch. <laughs> so wait, go ahead. what do you have coming up? You have something coming up? Oh, um, July 8th, I am doing a speaking engagement at the LGBTQ uh, uh, Center in New York City. So that's cool. one of the events I have coming up. Um, I have a lot of mediumships coming up where I'm, I'm going either uh, like to the restaurants or uh, to people's homes or, you know, and then I, I have some interviews lined up as well. So I, I'm keep, keeping myself busy, that's for sure. You guys can follow her on, on Instagram. She's at Rita Giganti Psychic. Um, her, again, her website is RitaGiganti.net. And um, follow her. Are you on any other, like Twitter or any other, other platforms? Or is Instagram? Twitter. They can get me on Twitter. But it's all on, if they go to the website, they'll find everything. 
So go to the website, you guys. Order the book. Did, get a signed you know, copy. Did, did you know all the other kids of Famous Men? No. I only knew one one uh, gentleman that worked for the Gambino uh, crime family. Young kid, my age. But he worked for them. And we were dear friends for a long time. Right. So, so. you didn't know the, the kids of other people. No, it, it wasn't like that. I was, I was too young. In other words, the, the big yeah. wise guys were older than I. Yeah. So I came up with the children who are now right. a little younger than I and some are older than I. Right. Um, we'll have to introduce you too because you'd probably like Jack O'Halloran and Gianni Russo because they're, they're, they're just fun. Yeah, they're just fun. And but you have to be careful of families. I don't know. Are the families still at war? Or, or are people There's no such thing as families. <laughs> no, there are families. Because years ago, I had friends uh, in Brooklyn that were not allowed in Las Vegas. Mm. Now they yeah. are. Now they right. are. Because Vegas is no longer a family. These right. are all entertainers now, though. Johnny Russo is an actor. John Tyler Halloran, he's an actor, you right. know. And I'm um, an actor. I, I, and he's an actor. I do a lot of movies. Crap I'm a producer. They're movies. I like love it. All right, everybody. So this is Rita because we got another guest getting ready to come on. Rita. This is Rita. Rita. Jimmy, Ron. Thank you so much, guys. I so appreciate it, really. Justin, if you tag me in social media, anything, I'll like read to send it or send it to me. I'll share it to everybody because I got a pretty big following and I would love to help promote any way and that we can. We You've been fabulous. New, when we get to New York, I'm calling you. I'm not bullshitting you. I Listen, I, you send me the email, I'll send you my contact info. We, we'll Perfect. Get, we got to get together. I'll send it after the show. Definitely. Awesome. We can do it. So thank I'm you so much, really Pasquale. We want to thank Pasquale for setting this up, too. Thank you so much. Best to you, your and grand. You too, honey. You too. And cousin Farah. And cousin Farah, that's well, right. Yes. Thank you, Farah. Say hello Be to well, hon. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye now. Pleasure, pleasure, yeah, pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay. So, everybody, that was Rita. That was a lot of fun. Something different for us. You see why I like New York, because that's a New Yorker. She's a typical New Yorker. I'm only happy and at home when I'm with my people. So uh, now we're going to take a quick music break, you guys. Um, we're going to play Beyond Frontiers separate ways. And Beyond Frontiers is the Journey cover band that uh, our next guest, Joey Belladonna, is the singer for. He's also the lead singer of Anthrax, which everybody knows. because And like he's the also singer. one of the nicest people in the world. And he and his wife, Krista, are coming and on. And his wife is beautiful. and she's They're both one. coming on. Oh, they're both coming on. Yeah, I think on. they're both coming oh, on. Oh, good, good, good. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But in, in the meantime, this is, this is a live version of Journey's song, Separate Ways, done by Beyond Frontiers, sung by Joey Belladonna. Enjoy, everybody.
So, you guys, that was Joey Belladonna's band, Beyond Frontiers. They're a Journey cover band. They're so freaking awesome, it's not even now funny. Now he made me want to dance. And I now I don't want to do the interview. I want to dance. Uh, now we're going to bring him on. <laughs> we're going to bring Joey and Krista on. Krista Belladonna is his wife. Yay! Hey! I, I just got to know, how did he get it? Wait, wait, first let's see wait, if they can hear him. Let's see I if we can hear him. Say up. something. Hey, Hello. can you hear us? Yay! How did you get such a beautiful woman? You must have lied, bribed, and did a lot of stuff to get her. <laughs> I mean, a guy like you that looks like you didn't get a woman that looked like that. <laughs> I mean, you're kind of cute. You're cute. But she's gorgeous. Look at her. Hi, honey. How are you? Oh, <laughs> it's so good to see you. I love the both of you. You know that, don't you? <laughs> we do. Okay, so what I want to do, I want to turn the volume up in a little bit if I can. Let me just see, make sure I can hear good here. So I'm going to do a little introduction. Oh, I'm Excited to have you on again, Yeah, guys. you guys look so terrific. So all right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, Krista, and Joey Belladonna, the most awesome rock star couple on the planet. Yay! <laughs> Hello and welcome. You're looking good, you old big. No, he looks good. He's cute. He's a cute guy. Yeah, he's I a mean, cute if guy. I had, if he came to Palm Springs, I know a lot of queens that would throw themselves at him. <laughs> a lot of the gay guys, they'd want to do you. You know, they they, they would go down on you. But anyway, wow. uh, that's Palm so Springs. So we have a chat room full Meanwhile, of people. Say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi. Hey, what's up? Look how pretty. Look at your wife's got beautiful teeth. Thank you know you. what they say? Years ago, a guy would look at a woman's teeth. If she had bad teeth, he wouldn't marry her because he knew the dentist bill would be a big one. So ah. when you looked at her, you saw those good teeth. You said, I could marry her, right? Oh, well. Talk to McGrath for those. How long have you guys been married? <laughs> we got engaged in 1989. What year? 1989, so that's, that's 23, 30, 34 years. Four years. And, and you don't even look more. And like how long were you together before you got married? Uh, three months. Oh, that was cool. Oh, my gosh. So it was like a shotgun wedding. And look, it lasted all what this shotgun? time. He took a look at her. He knew somebody else was going to grab her. So he <laughs> grabbed her before anybody else. Did. What did he stupid? I like love it. <clears throat> I think it's so cute. Meanwhile, I like your music, Joey. Oh, thank you. Because so, I don't like most of the shit they do today. But I your mu I wanted to dance. I told him, though, that's a cover. That's not your music. I, I don't care whose it is. It's the way he does it. You have palips? Do you have palips on your throat? There's a lot of good songs on there, you know? No, because he screams and yells and sings so vibrantly. No problem. Usually, usually those those voices die early. And you still have it. You're still good. You're still up there, kid. Thank you. Thank you. So first I want to say, because this is all about me. So like I've, I I did a whole like, even though I knew a whole bunch of stuff about you and you've been on the show before and we, we had a blast when we were all in New York City. And the, my favorite part of that, by the way, was when you like got up at, at the end and you were singing Journey. And I, I kept following you around so I could be near <laughs> you on stage because I knew all the cameras were on you uh, singing it. But like I think that like – like you could easily have been the lead singer of Journey. Like you sing easily as good um, as as the. He sings better than than I think the majority. Isn't of that them. funny? I just had a brain <laughs> fart now with uh, what's his, Steve Perry. <laughs> I was having a brain, but you easily sing as good as Steve Perry does, and I think he's one of the greatest. You know, Journey is one of the greatest like rock bands I ever existed. Compare, I would compare you to my favorite singer. What's his name? David Bowie. Oh, well, David, yeah. David was great, wasn't he? I loved him. I oh. loved David Bowie. 
Sad. He red shoes, put on your red shoes. Boom. <laughs> oh, I love that when he did that. So wait, you remind uh, me of Dave Bowie in your voice. I want to know that though, same range because I, 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 okay. So everybody, first of all, we should tell everybody who's tuning in. If in case you don't know who Joey Belladonna is, you're you guys, dead. If he's you the lead. Joey is uh, Krista is his gorgeous <laughs> wife and, and 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 supporter, and she's everywhere. And they are they're gone all the time. If you follow their Instagram, if you follow Joey's Instagram, which is actually Joey Belladonna official, you'll see that basically like they're out someplace every day, practically like performing. Um, but he's the lead singer of Anthrax, you guys. He's a six-time Grammy nominee, and along with Metallica, Megadeth, and Slayer, they they're credited with originating the thrash metal genre. Of which I have to say, I think that's great. I'm so old that it's kind of like too old. I'm too old for it a little you're, bit. You're whereas, old. Whereas when you, but when you like when you sing the Journey, I'm like, oh my god, that's like the greatest voice ever. Like you should like also you know, come up with original songs that, that are kind of like Journey songs just for yourself because I think that what do you, you would kill it. A director? A no, but director? I know a lot about music. I've been in the industry 25 years. I know a lot about it. Yeah, but you know what? He was singing today. Oh, I can't with sing. Earphones. I had to tell him to stop because the neighbors would think I'm beating him up and he's crying. <laughs> and he's screaming in pain. He sounds like he's in pain. I mean, what the hell kind of voice? Meanwhile... When you when you came on with that song that we just played, made me want to dance. I'm 83. If you can get an 83 year old to want to dance, you're very good. <laughs> well, we have a lot more songs in the set that you can really dance. Oh, I, I know your music. <laughs> I'm not stupid to your music. I know your music. So wait, tell I, me. So. I never got over the name Amtrax because I thought of the disease Amtrax. It is. So that I never got over. So the how name long has Amtrax been around? Oh. Well, Early, early before me, even before uh, I got in the band, I got in the band in '84. So a long time. Well, yeah, a couple of years I think before me. You know, not being specific, but they've had a few uh, changes along the way to get up, get up and running full time. But I think when I came in, we were really, really on a roll. You know. So now, is Belladonna your real name? It's my name. Yes. So you're Italian, Belladonna. Oh yeah, Belladonna. Belladonna's beautiful woman in Italian. My mom's. That's what he married, Una Belladonna. So he's not stupid. Yeah, <laughs> Italian man. That's right. Right. He's Italian too. I'm Italian. And actually, our last guest that we just had on was Italian too. Rita Giganti. Giganti. We, we, we Italians. We we know who we. Are. are you in L.A. now? Are you both in L.A.? Fairy Springs. We live in Palm Springs. Uh, we go to the, LA a lot. Which is the capital of all queens, all faggots. <laughs> oh, <all right. laughs> it's the capital. It's the gay capital of the world. That's why we're here. Where do you guys actually? When you're not, because you're according to your Instagram, you're like someplace every day practically. So where do you guys actually live when you're not like playing someplace? What do we do, or where do we live? Where do, we live? Where do you live? Oh, we're upstate New York. Syracuse. Okay. Syracuse. Oh, Syracuse. Yeah. Oh, school there. We've been there. I love upstate New York in the fall. And, you know, we have friends up in um, Milford. Oh, that's Pennsylvania. Yeah, I know, but it's upstate. It oh. doesn't matter. You know, when you come from New York City, everything is upstate. But you also have people at the lake, Lake Geneva. Lake Geneva, Milford, and brutal winter. You can't go there in the winter. Brutal. Brutal. We'll bring you up sometime in the winter. You can <laughs> hang out bundle up. <laughs> no, no, no. We're moving back to New York. We're moving to East Hampton. Um, yeah, on Long Island. Next year, we're planning it. Yeah. And everybody's saying to me, what are you going to do in the winter? I said, you make winter out like it's a death sentence. 
it's a, it's a season. It's nice to, you know, in the summertime, you're sweating and hot. You can't wait for the fall. When the fall comes, you wear sweaters. It's nice. And yeah. then in the winter, you wear coats. And then you can't wait to get naked again in the spring. So it, California, boring, same shit every day. Yeah, I like the same thing. Same. So they say, what's tomorrow's weather going to be like? It's going to be like yesterday. Wait, do you like, do you guys, are you guys okay with the cold weather? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you would like less of it. But I love to change the seasons. Fall is really beautiful and beautiful. You know, dress, like I said, different clothing. You get different modes. You know, you just kind of. I also, I also tell the people that say, "How are you going to deal with winter?" I said, "I've got six or eight movies I'm making. Not one of them are in cold climate. They're all in warm climates. So Jimmy and I will be gone all winter working in different places. So it doesn't bother me." I just had to throw that in so you know I'm important. (laughs) (laughs) So okay, so I wanna I wanna like talk a little bit. First of all, let me brag a little bit. I like to brag. I like to brag for people like you. He's cool. Yeah, when I put the graphic up that you were coming on, and I didn't make I should have made one with you coming on too, Crystal. I didn't think about it, but but I knew that like Joey would bring everybody in, and I knew that you were gonna come on because we wanted you to come on because we love you. We think you're like the coolest. We have such good fun. Remember, uh, we had. Remember, we were standing in the street in Manhattan, acting like crazy people. It was we so had, much fun. We had a lot of fun. So, the taxi. Remember the taxi. Remember the taxi ride. Yes, yeah. it was. It was a really good time. I, you guys are fun. You, I mean, really and truly. The party, party was fun too on the rooftop. Yeah. On the rooftop. Everything, everything we did, we we all we you know we got along well, and we really appreciated each other's insanity. You know, my sanity, his Jimmy's. Uh, good thing Jimmy didn't sing. That's anything. I did sing that night on stage, but oh, he was so did? loud that I that, uh, that he was like take, he had the mic. None of us. He they were smart. They only gave one mic. <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of us who were on stage who couldn't sing, you couldn't hear us. So it was. We fine. have to do it again. But, we all have but, to hook uh, up in New York. Oh no, absolutely. Our breath of fresh air. So here I'm going to brag a little. So you guys, Joey Belladonna has shared the stage with Iron Maiden, Kiss. Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath, Dio, Public Enemy, Living Color, Primus, Motley Crue, Bon Jovi, Alice Cooper, Leonard Skinner, White Snake, Slayer, Judas Priest, Slipknot, Motorhead, Lamb of God, Megadeth, Rob Zombie, Kill Switch, Engage, Alice in Change, Steel Panther, Black Label Society, King's X, Testament, Overkill, Exodus, Halloween, and more. And I took that off your website. There's probably more of them since then. Uh, but, but, but that what gives you an, an ama- idea. Amazing career. Basically, like have. the people of rock. Like those are all the everybody's of rock. Did you ever see the movie uh, Rockstar with, yeah. with Mark Wahlberg? Like, did you like that movie? Like, I love that movie. I do too. Um, especially fun. the part, especially the part where he just goes into audition, and then because you know that's supposed to be loosely based on the guy from Judas Priest. Rob, yeah, Rob Halford. Rob Halford, yeah. So it's supposed to be loosely based. And then the guy who replaced Rob Halford in Judas Priest for a while, Tim, I forgot his name, but he was on our show when that movie came out. Yeah, Tim, we yeah, took yeah, Ripper Owens. Yeah, Tim Ripper Owens. And yeah, we, uh, we had uh, Tim out on our, on our road trip. I uh, forgot the name of a band he had out. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. He's another one, though, because he's another one like you with some incredible voice, you know. Uh, The beginning of the Rockstar movie is like one of my like favorite. I, a lot of times I watch it just to watch that part of yeah, it. 
Uh, yeah. on, on a serious note, because I do get serious every now and then, <clears throat> your music is still happening. Unlike lots of music that I love, as in disco. What, is, what was that? I don't know. Is that you singing? I don't know. Um, disco is gone and, and uh, swing is gone. and But your music is still here. What do you think about rap? Would you be a rap singer? No, I, I, I'm not. I'm not very good at that. <laughs> so what, I, I don't like rap. I don't think it's singing. I think it's speaking, and I certainly don't like what is that rap called? Murder rap, killer rap, gangster rap, gangster rap. <laughs> I don't like that. I think that your music will be forever. I don't think it'll ever age because it hasn't so far. I grew up with your music. Well, we never we never gave in to what we do, so we just keep going, you know. And everybody that loves that kind of music is so so into it, so we're happy about that. I'm not against the rap; I just don't no. want to do it very well. Right now on Broadway, the hit musical is the life story of Jesus. I've got a brand new pair of roller skates. Oh, I've got a brand new pair. Oh, Melanie. No, not that's Melanie. The other one. What's her name? Why why does everybody move away? Lord, oh Jesus. I know what you're oh, I, I'm old. My brain's gone. Um, he just turned Why doesn't three. anyone stay in one place anymore? Oh, uh, Carol King. Carol King. How could I forget Carol King? I grew up with That's Carol. That's a big difference from Melanie. <laughs> no, but the, I, roller skates. She, Melanie sounded like Carol King. You but got a Carol, you got a friend, yes. We've got a friend. Carol King is the hottest thing right now, and a lot of young people are starting to love her music. Yeah. So you see, good music, Joey, never goes away. Right. That's right. Johnny, Johnny Mantis, my hero, who I love, you know who Johnny Mantis is, okay. and I've met him three times, and he's a sweetheart, sings all over the country, and it booked audiences, and he's 87 years old. Amazing. He's still singing, chances are, and people are loving it. So you're going to be around for a really, really long time. And you look good, you old big. How old are you? Thank you. You're no kid. I'm young. I'm young kid, right? You're not a, you look young. You really look very young. You've had work done, got stuff in your face, nope. wrestling, all the other shit, Botox, nothing. You're talking about he's been the lead singer of a huge band, and the band's been around for fucking like 40 well, years. <laughs> he's got to be at least 112. Yeah. Well, the only one I had done today was I had shaved. Did you he shaved. A, he shaved. Wait, did, 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 you, did you ever have a facelift? Yeah, that's the loving I get. Right? Did, you, did you ever have a facelift? And I don't mean your wife sitting on your face either. I, I mean, oh, yeah. How'd you know? <laughs> so wait a second. I have a question. Wait a minute. I got to get him. Look how good he looks. <laughs> he looks like 30 years old. 35 oh. years old. I mean it. I really do. Everybody will agree. So wait a me. second. Let's go back to Krista for a minute. So Krista, because she's smiling and laughing, but we let's let's bring her into the conversation. Well, she felt so first of all, embarrassed. when you okay, so were you like a like a rock star groupie, or like how is it that you like met him to be like, oh, you want like did he ask you out? Were you like a groupie? Were you throwing panties on the stage? How did you guys actually like meet? Well, I was um, a Hawaiian tropic model. And okay back in Florida, back in Fort Lauderdale when the spring break was big, back in the 80s. That's where I lived. I'm from, I'm from Fort Lauderdale. We must I have 
And I went to, and I used to go down there from college for spring break every year. It was awesome. Yeah. I was there from 84 through 80, 89, around that. Yeah. Okay, I was there. Well, in college, I was in college from 83 to 86. So those are the years I went to spring break. Because okay. it ended in 86 because they clamped down on it. So we, I bet we saw each other. Oh, absolutely. Candy, the candy store and all those like places. That was so much fun. A candy store in Beverly Hills. No, candy stores. The candy store so many times and I couldn't. My sister walks in and first time, bam, wins it. <laughs> gotta be kidding me. <laughs> were, you a blonde? were you a blonde then? Am I blonde? No, no were you a blonde, blonde in the 80s? When you, you, he met you, were you a blonde? Yes. Well, I was working backstage at Monsters Rock um, down in Miami. And he saw me and stole a golf cart. And came to find you. No, because all my Italian friends love blondes. I was married to a blonde. She was Dutch. So I think we like white women. Could be. <laughs> no, uh, Italian women with beards and mustaches. <laughs> so, uh, no, no preference. Just, none it, just used to work. It just was in <laughs> so wait, so you're at Monsters of Rock, which is a huge show. I mean, it's still a huge show. So, so what does he do? He shows up in a golf cart and says, "Hey, what's up? Or did you know who he was?" Like, met him briefly twice before. I mean, just really briefly. Um, oh, yeah. and journey. One was at a journey concert, actually. And uh, so he comes up to me, and he this golf cart is chasing me down. I'm like, not look, not thinking it's for me because there's why would anybody be coming after me? So then he pulls up next to me and he stops and he goes, hey, I'm, you know, Joey Belladonna and I don't know. Somehow I ended up in this golf cart and. Well, listen, he's, he's cute now. I could imagine what he was looking like back then. You saw how handsome he was and sexy and you thought to yourself, not bad. Maybe I'll go there and let him get fresh with me a little bit. Well, I thought, let's see. He's kind Hi, of. Wait, wait, let's see what she says. Go ahead. So he didn't try and do anything with me. When he did touch me on the leg and I said no, he's okay. Italian. Total respect. He never, and then that's just the way it was with him. He, I could tell in, a, in an instant that he had such a good heart and that he respected to me and he listened to me and I saw him treat other people the exact same way, no matter who they were. So you were like a big whoremonger then, even though you were like a lead singer in a band, you were like kind of like. Oh, don't, 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 don't make him out to be an angel. I am not an angel, but. Oh, him. I, I mean, I've got news for you. I was good friends with Paul Anker's uh, manager, right? And, and he, about the panty things. They paid, they paid the broad to throw the panties on the stage. Oh, a lot of bullshit. But in the green room, is where the chick, the, 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 what do they call them? The, the groupies would be. And I and I mean, the guys, listen, I saw it and I'm not lying. I won't mention the group and you were there, but one of the most famous groups, we were in the green room and a girl was giving head to the lead singer. And I walked in and he didn't even care. Didn't care. And she's going to go go town so, on it. Wait a second, in the thrash metal genre. Just wait, I'm not finished. Well, hurry up, I want to talk. Is that true? Is that true that you guys were getting head every other minute? Well, he wasn't because he was oh, yeah. oh, yeah. before, before you got married. Of course. Oh, oh he's yep. full of shit. He look he's got that guilty look. You're Italian, are you kidding? You were playing you were playing by the salami. I played stadiums with Slayer, Megadeth, and then Alice in Chains was opening. 
so they were playing stadiums and, and he was the groupie magnet. And uh, there was a red Corvette, topless red Corvette, so convertible, with the three most gorgeous women you've ever seen following the tour bus around. And Fudge, I ran into him in the restroom one day before the, the show. They didn't know who I was. I knew who they were. So I made friends with them. I didn't tell them because I just wanted to know who they are and why are you following the band around. And it just broke my heart how nice they were and that they not going to say in case somebody sees this, but there were reasons and they just needed love. And that told me right then and there why a lot of people do what they do. They just want attention. They want someone to notice them. They want someone to love them. doesn't matter who they are, what they look like, what music they like. doesn't matter who you are. They want love. Yes. You still have to push women away from him, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Joey's got that guilty look. Your face, you can't never play poker. I think, though, everybody knows, though, because everybody knows you guys are together. Like, you're always together. Like, he almost doesn't even take a picture that you're not here. Listen, (laughs) do you know who Tristan Rogers is, the soap opera star of one of those programs? I think so. He's he's, he's Scorpio on General Hospital. He's a good friend of ours and his wife. And his wife, Teresa, has said to me, they would go out in public and women would get in between Teresa and Tristan and didn't give a shit. They were hitting on, because Tristan was gorgeous when he was young, and they were hitting on him right and left. I have that problem all the time at 83 years old. We do have that problem. Have if, we, if we were, we don't go to gay bars very often, but if we went to I'm a gay joking. bar, no, if we went, like if we were in Pennsylvania, we went to, we don't go to gay bars a lot because we're just not really the gay bar kind of people. But we went into one, and I was sitting next to him, and somebody literally walked in front of me. We were facing each other, so I could to, to introduce themselves to me, and just like I what didn't even exist. Yes. That's because I'm Italian and wait, I wear tight jeans. Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead, Krista. Get it all the time, especially local people. They will try and get it in physically and in the relationship, get in between. He's, he's still cute, you know. He doesn't look his age. And he's still good crazy. And it's like, are you, you really, you're telling me how much my husband loves you? Really? Are you? <laughs> No, I think that's funny. He's just smiling. You have the cutest smile, too, by the way, when you're just kind of like sitting there. What are you going to say? I'm like, they see all kinds, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I just laugh because it's yes. kind of funny, really, you know, sometimes. Well, who's he coming to? It's, it's good, though, that you that you guys, you know, have such a strong bond together because I could see how that could also create, like, problems with, like, people, like, wanting to hit on you all the time. What about when you go and you're performing now as the Journey cover band? What's it called again? Beyond Frontiers. Do you have the same problem? Like, they still come after you? Yes. No. Yes. Well. <laughs> um, more women, yes, they do because um, they see Joey on stage. Whereas with Journey, you don't usually get up close. You can't get that close. Um, and I think, obviously, with Beyond Frontiers, you can. So I think it's that, wow, they finally get to see up front what a performer does and what they look like and the true emotions on their face and how much they put out. I think it's different. We're getting a different crowd. And I haven't had anyone try and get in between us yet. <laughs> I'm sure it will happen. Um, but it's great to see the happiness in people's faces. Yeah, I don't think that women are throwing themselves at Rod Stewart nowadays. Yeah, they are. Rod Stewart? You want to see what he looks like? I like Rod Stewart. (laughs) I like Rod Stewart, so I would think so. And I think Jimmy's one of those freaks that like older men. I I think Rod Stewart. I don't know why he married me, but (laughs) 
So, so how, how did you come up, come up with the? Is it because your voice is so uh, like in tune with like singing Journey songs that you decided to do it? How did you decide if you're going to make a cover band and it was going to do Journey songs? Well, I've always been into into the music so much as I like the meme before Steve came along, but. I always thought that it would be kind of cool to have a, a full full night of it, you know, with me singing it. And Chris and I, we, we ran into a keyboard player on one of the cruises, the Shiprock Cruises, and I asked him. He's uh, Lee Greenwood's uh, band director, and uh, he's keyboards and uh, takes care of everything. So I asked him if he would be interested in putting a journey thing together, and he goes, I got the band, and there we went. You know? Oh, my God. I, like, love it because, like, Journey's one of, like. You're still, as I said, you still can do it. When well, I was in high, you get away with it. When you know, I was in most, high school, like most performers your age can't get away with it anymore, because they look like older men trying to look like young men, and that's not necessarily attractive. But you still get away with it because when you perform, you still look very young. You, your energy, no, but he, if you, if you don't know his age, you think he could be 29, 30 years old. When I was in high school, we saw Journey and Loverboy. You know, that was like the big concert when I was like, I don't know. If, I don't know when I was in high school. I know it was when I was in high school, and it was like one of the greatest like concerts like that you could ever go to. Because I love Loverboy, and we actually met the guy from Loverboy. We were at a restaurant. He just happened to be at the table next to us here in Palm Springs. Yeah. And uh, um, I've I've been to so many. You know what? This is my era. Don't forget, I was um, I, I was here in the in the sixties and seventies when it was all happening. Journey's eighties though. I, no, but I. I've seen it happen. You, you, you jump in the gun, I'm going to punch you right in the face. Drives me crazy. I love him to death, but he does. So I want to go back, though. I saw the beginning. Listen, I we went from Doris Day and Peggy Lee. We went from that ballad music and Frank Sinatra and Perry Como people to a new ha a new sound. Oh my God! It's 1960, and people are having Ricky Ticky stickers, and we're wearing bell bottoms, and we all are hippies. We have hair like you. We 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 all look like different people, and the transition was quickly. It wasn't a, an easy transition. So I grew up with all the great. I, mean, I even like Country Joe and the Fish. Who ever heard of him? You know, you ever hear of Country Joe and the Fish? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. He's probably heard of everybody though. So you, the, that music came then. David Bowie. Who was David Bowie? A skinny little queen. You know, nobody cared about him. And look what he became. I saw them all when they were nobody. So wait, go back. Who's What's your favorite Journey songs to do then? Well, I, I, I have a great set of stuff. I mean, I love anything off Escape. Infinity was a great record. The first one Steve did, you know, Wheel in the Sky. Yeah, I love that. Lights is a great song. I mean, I, I like, you know, Faithfully is a great Great ballad, Open Arms, a really nice ballad. I mean, there's so many good songs. They have a really good set. They yeah, really My do. favorite song of the day was Heard It Through the Grapevine. Don't Stop oh, Believing. Oh, no, Heard It Through the Grapevine. Don't Stop Believing is it, yes. No, Heard It That's funny because we grapevine. actually got contacted when Arnell, I guess Arnell Panetta is still the, the lead singer, but we got contacted by somebody to come on our show. But but uh, And I wanted them to come on the show to have him on the show, but they wouldn't come on unless I gave him what all the questions were going to be. And I was yeah, like, yeah, we, we don't, don't do a show like that because we just talk. We brag about you. We got to brag about ourselves a little bit. Right yeah. now, over 5 million people get us. They either get us in sound or picture, but we, we have a, a 5 million person audience. How do you think we got that way? 
by having a rehearsed show that's so fucking boring, you can comment. <laughs> you don't know what I'm going to ask you. And everybody watching is saying, what is that crazy queen going to ask that guy now? We recently broke 1 billion, 100 million streams. Yeah, you know, nobody's done that. Nobody's done that. <laughs> and the reason is because I treat... <laughs> Oh, yeah, look at her. She's got her pride socks on. <laughs> no, Jimmy and I are real. We're not fake people. We you know, we talk to you like if we were really, like when we were on the street in, the, in New York. We're talking the same. We're not, I also, wait, we're I went not on, editing it. When I Googled you, too, though, Joey, it said that you were in an episode of Married with Children. Were you on that as Anthrax or were you on as yourself? No, the whole band. Anthrax. Anthrax. I, did you guys get to talk or did you just play at like a concert? We wrecked the house. Oh my gosh. I have to go find that episode. We have to find oh, that. Dinner with Anthrax. My dinner with Anthrax. My dinner with Anthrax. Yep. Oh, I'm going to look it up. I want to like see it. Also, you were in the movie Pledge Night as Anthrax? <laughs> oh, yeah. Pledge Night. Oh, God. Oh, shit. My dinner Krista, with Anthrax. how come you never got in the movies? You're good looking enough. Thank you. And sexy enough. How come you never did it? I mean, nice. What? She was on Miami Vice. They, what, what, Miami Vice? She was in Miami Vice. Yeah, but I never saw it. <laughs> no, we have to go see it. <laughs> no. do, you like, do you like being like, like, uh, do you, did, did you, like, after modeling, what did you do? Once you got married, did you just pretty much like manage and go with him? I, I did. Um, uh, cause I was with Wine Topic, uh, still doing stuff with them at the time. And then I came up here and really didn't do much. Got asked to do uh, 21 Jump Street. And I love that. Like, oh, I missed I couldn't do it. They, so, But, um, yeah, I started just doing uh, a stuff for Joey. And back then, the music business was such that um, I was asked not to be in pictures and videos so as to not let the fans realize Joey <laughs> Married or that he has a But you know something? Yes. If ever they make the life story of Loretta Young, you could play Loretta Young. How many people have told you you look like Loretta Young? You. Only me? <laughs> you, do you know who Loretta Young is? Oh, for sure. Yes. You had darker hair. You look just like her. You've oh, got no. her smile, her dimples, everything. Seriously, you look like Loretta Young. Now that I've brought it to the attention of the world, they're all going to be telling you that. Actually, <laughs> no, seriously. Even, I like, even your smile. Loretta Young had a very big smile also. Everybody, though, everybody that knows you guys um, thinks you guys, like, they really see you guys kind of like as a unit anyway. Because everybody, I never, and nobody ever says, oh, Joey Belladonna's great and doesn't mention Krista. And it goes the other way around if you're just talking about Krista. So, like, people really see you guys, like, as a... Same as us. As a cohesive they unit. Mention, yeah. They say Ron Russell and they say Jimmy Starr. They say Jimmy who? And I think, oh, <laughs> yeah. And I think that, I think the fact, though, that you guys are so, like, nice, I mean, with all the success and all the wonderful things you've accomplished... You guys are just like regular, so you know, regular away. people. So away. I know well, people like us too. <laughs> but yeah, I'm saying, what are we going to be snobbish? When I put shit? it up on social media, though, like all the people talk about it, and people are asking, "Is Krista going to be on?" I'm like, "Yeah, Krista's going to be on." I mean, people really she's like a sweetheart. know you guys. Well, how could you not want to be in her company? I know she's like a celebrity in her own right. She's a celebrity. She's a celebrity. <laughs> I like love it. It's so great. She's more to be a celebrity than he is because she puts up with him. Wait, say it again, Joey. Right, Krista. It's nice to be together and share ideas because we got a lot of stuff swirling together conversation-wise. So it's, it's, it makes it for a fun, fun part, you know. Would you ever put her in one of your videos? 
Oh well, yeah, I haven't done it. I haven't done any videos. Tommy does a video. Get in it. Yeah, she should. She should be in it. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. Kidding. I mean it for for real. Free. (laughs) No, no, for real. He said. He said free. Yeah, Uh, free. free. I like love. Most for free. So what do you got? So like, what do you got coming up soon? (laughs) You know what? She'll work for you. You could take it out and trade later. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh that's this is true. They're Italian, you stinker. What do you have coming up, Joey? Tell us some of the stuff you got coming up. Well, we got uh, we, a singer, Jeff Tate from the band Queensryche. Uh, his wife, Susan, both have a thing out in. Um, it's it's a retreat we're going to be doing in Wyoming, Montana. Montana, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a six days, eight days. You know, horseback riding. It's like twenty people buy in, and that we hang together and do all kinds of stuff. Go, go all over. Twenty. It's it's twenty fans, and they get to spend all day with you. So we have breakfast, lunch, and dinner with them. Um, we do all the events together. We'll do like campfires, sit around, play guitar, sing some songs. So those 20 fa- fans get almost all day access to. So how, how much does that cost? Uh, it's $2,500 per person, expenses except for flights included. So it's 45 for two people if you book together. And they're going to have a great time. No, no, every penny well spent. Yeah, they'll never forget that. Never have you ever been it. like an instructor at like rock camp what do you call it i don't know what you call it where they have like those camp rock things you know where yeah but i i, I would enjoy that because i i get along and i like to, to help help people and all that it would be fun you know what the next time you're in our company i'm going to charge you 2500 ahead okay <laughs> <laughs> well worth the money <laughs> yes it'll be well worth it all the way like around which wow. i should Wait a minute, Chris, the question for everybody they want to know. Do you cook Italian? She can. Me or Joey? You. No, you, not Joey. Joey, I know can. Well, um, my my father's sister back in Kansas City married into the Italian side of the world in Kansas City. So my aunt, with amazing food, she would cook. Um, cheesecake was the best. So I do. Uh, I was a, a manager at Williams-Sonoma for almost 15 years. Oh, he loves William Sonoma. <laughs> oh, so we all, we have another thing we can talk about. And, uh, yes. I, 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 I got a lot of stuff. When I lived in Manhattan, you know, that was a store to go to if you needed a pot, a spoon, a dish. And I would go in there for hours and just look at everything. It's so beautiful. Oh, the cool. colors and the choices. And, he liked the $50,000 stoves. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> that, that blue enamel stove. Did you ever see that blue enamel stove? $50,000 for a stove. Yeah, I told him. I people, thought, holy shit. I was like. It, it, you know, if it doesn't blow me, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, $50,000 for a stove. <laughs> You're sitting on it. How's that? you got to be out of your mind to spend 50000 for a stove. Really, it's got to blow, blow smoke in my ear and piss me a lot. <laughs> but that color of the enamel, that blue, it just. It was a gorgeous stove. $50,000. He like loved it. We would go there all the time and he would show that. I was like, I, would, so I was like, even if I made enough money to afford that stove, I said, I wouldn't what buy about that me? I, I, could, I wouldn't afford I mean, <laughs> I make money too, but I wouldn't spend it. He doesn't look at price tags well. We were at this other store and he saw this chandelier and he looked at it and he came and brought me back 
Uh, it was in Pennsylvania. It was a dining and, room uh, chandelier. It was a beautiful dining room chandelier. He said, what do you think? This chandelier is $1,000. Should we, like, spend $1,000 on this chandelier? I'm looking at it. I'm like, Ron, this chandelier is $10,000. It's <laughs> not $1,000. And no, we're not buying a $10,000 chandelier it was, right it, now. <laughs> it, it was all leaves twisted around vines with little crystals. It was made in Italy. Magnificent chandelier. But I, I thought it was $1,000. Which was a lot. He doesn't like to take his, like to take his glasses. So he doesn't take them. So we go to a restaurant. And I have to give him my glasses because I leave mine on my head because I I can't read without them. Why? I don't carry a cell phone, my wallet, or glasses. If I lose them, so I live without my glasses. I can't read without them, so I have to have mine. Yeah, I have to have them on too. Do you have to wear glasses, Joey, or you don't need them? Yeah, when I'm when I, I have a when I go out myself, I do a. Like four hours by myself with all kinds of contemporary classic rock stuff, and I'm constantly have to read the screens that I'm working with back to back, kind of DJing at the same time, singing. So I need the glasses. So I have to wear glasses the whole time. Oh, I like. Bro, that. Did you, did you, were you ever a fan of Frank Sinatra? Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, in fact, that covered. Song. I covered uh, Sinatra, but we did it a little. We roughed it up a little bit. Which song? Uh, Strangers in the Night. Really? I'd like to. Hear oh, is that, that on YouTube? Yeah, probably. Oh, that I will look it up. You look it up. You do your rendition. I'm interested in hearing. Yeah, I would have liked to have done it contemporary, like like the song, but they wanted it uh, roughed up. Rocked up. Rocked up. How could you rock it up? And that's really got a a lot of work you had to put in that one. Yeah, it was. It was. It came out nice. You know, it really did. It's such a smooth. We got to go. He said. So hold on, you guys. guys, This is Krista. This is Krista and Joey Belladonna. Follow uh, Instagram. It's Joey Belladonna official. The website is joeybella.com. Krista, are you on Instagram? Do you have your own? I'm starting to get it back up again. Okay. So what is when you do it? What's it going to be? Krista Belladonna. There you go. So you guys follow Krista Belladonna. Check out all the Anthrax music. Definitely support Beyond Frontiers because I think it's like the best, you know, journey. I, I mean, I, I would think it was Journey practically. Over by hey, how, how far are you from Hollywood? Uh, Hollywood, California, 100 about an miles. Hour, 100 miles. Oh, okay, because we're going to probably, I mean, I've, we've got some dates coming up. We haven't announced them yet. Probably do through three at the end of August. Oh, well, let me know. We'll come. We'll drive into Hollywood. No, we come or in, or if definitely. you want to come out to Palm Springs, to swim at the, you can swim at our club and I'll make a dinner for us and we can yeah. hang out. Where we're coming nearby you. I don't know where yet because I don't have a map and where these shows are going to be. You let us know. Let you us let us know. know. In the meantime, we got to go. Everybody, Joey and Christina. Hey, Thank Christa. you. Good show. Good show. You guys show. love you guys. Thank you so right. much. Bye-bye. Stay All right, everybody well. in the chat room, <laughs> thanks so much for tuning in. We had a great time. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. In the mix, yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. That room is live, and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Come watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell.